0: It's so good that you are here today. There are hundreds and hundreds of people that are tuning into this exact same thing. And so although you are at home, you're in the car, you're doing something by by yourself, you are doing this very same thing kind of as a bop, body as far as hundreds of people go. So kind of think about that going forward. Today's topic is about compassion, and it is brilliant and fun, and Pastor Alan hits it home. Here it is.
1: Hey, Grace Community. So great to be with you today. This is a weekend that I have been looking forward to for a number of months. I mean, one of the longings in the heart of every person is to make a real difference in the life of someone in need, right? This is at the heart of our faith. This is what fires up any believer in Jesus. It's when we know we're making a significant difference in someone's life. Now, one of the cool things about being a part of a church family is that there's this powerful synergy that can happen when we together focus on a particular area or on a particular need. Synergy is a real thing. I read this past week that a a draft horse can pull 8,000 pounds by itself. Now, when it's paired with another draft horse, we would expect those two horses would pull 16,000 pounds. But the reality is that team of two horses is able to pull 24,000 pounds together, three times what they could do individually. See, that's the power of synergy. We can do way more together than we could do as individuals. So imagine the impact a church community could have if they together, a community like ours, if we together focused our efforts on a significant need in our world today, for instance, a need like poverty. I mean, we know from various passages in Scripture that God cares deeply for the poor. For instance, in Deuteronomy 15, 11, we read, I command you to be open-handed to your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Proverbs 19, verse 17 says, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. In Luke 19, after having a, an encounter with Jesus, the tax collector, Zacchaeus, says, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And Jesus responds by saying, today salvation has come to this house. I mean, this is what Jesus does in people's lives. He gives us a concern for the poor, a desire to invest ourselves in helping people who are experiencing Poverty. I mean, we want to do that, right? All of us, we want to do that. We want to help alleviate poverty in our, in our world. But if we're honest, it feels overwhelming. I mean, what, what difference can any of us possibly make in the area of global poverty? I mean, the global statistics are staggering. Three billion people live on less than $3 a day. Every day, 26,000 children die from largely, I wish it was 26, but it's 26,000 children die from largely preventable causes related to their poverty. I mean, these numbers are heartbreaking and overwhelming. What can we possibly do to make an impact in this area of poverty? Well, about a year ago, we began a journey, a partnership with an amazing organization called Compassion International, Compassion International is an incredibly trustworthy and Christ-centered organization that is now helping over 2 million children around the world. Compassion's mission statement is this, releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. That's their objective. That's what they do. They come alongside churches like ours who have a huge heart for the poor, but who don't really know how to go about making a difference in the lives of real children in poverty. Now, here's what is so brilliant and life-giving and powerful about their strategy. Their approach isn't about throwing money at a huge problem. You know, there are plenty of organizations and governments that do that with poverty, just throw money at it. Compassion's approach is all about connecting people like you and me to a real child in poverty, a child who has a name, a child who through no fault of their own is experiencing the physical and emotional trauma of poverty a child who wants to go to school, a real child who desperately wants to know he or she is loved and is seen and is going to be okay. So Compassion International connects us with a real child like that, and it does so through an experience they call child sponsorship. So through a monthly gift of $38, you can help provide food, clean water, medical care, educational opportunities uh, and and the opportunity, most importantly, to build a relate for them to build a relationship with God. Plus, you get to develop a loving relationship with that child where you can send them letters and photographs and you can receive letters from them. You can get to know them and you can share the love of Jesus with them. So cool. Child sponsorship is so cool. So a year ago during Compassion, our Compassion Weekend at our church, my wife Raylene and I began sponsoring two children. One is a nine-year-old named Jose, Uh, I have been communicating with Jose. I just received a letter from him a couple weeks ago. We were able to give him a birthday gift and a Christmas gift for his family. The other child is a little girl named Maria. So a couple of months ago, Compassion International sent me an actual video of Maria. So check this out.
2: Madrina Riley Craft. Soy María Victoria y esta es mi casita. Pasen. Aquí compartimos la casa con mi hermano. Ella es mi mamá Reina y ella es mi sobrina Jacqueline. Y esta es mi gatita Serafina que tiene 5 meses y es mi preferida animal. Allá cocina mi mamá para mi hermano y para nosotras. Lo que más me gustaba hacer en el proyecto era cantar, leer la Biblia y hacer mini chef. Gracias por las canastas, gracias por el kit de Gena. Gracias, hermano, por ser padrina de María Victoria y por el apoyo, muchas gracias. Lo que a mí me gusta jugar es jugar con mi sobrinita a la tiendita y a las Barbies y a la cocinita. Mi color preferido es el color rosa. Y a mí también me gusta hacer Estos que ya me faltan hacer los estos. Me gusta hacer este popit y me gusta jugar con los luis betts. Chao padrino, mándame tu predica para escucharlo.
1: Is she not adorable or what? I mean, that, this experience has been such a blessing to Raylene and me to know we are helping two very real children who are experiencing poverty and we are building a relationship with them. Now, I know there is often, I just know this, there's often a natural skepticism about stuff like this. Does our money really go to that child? Does it really make a difference in that child's life? Well, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. Owen and I met a few months ago in Arizona at a compassion event for pastors and spouses. And at this event, one evening, Owen got up and he shared his story of growing up in poverty in Nairobi, Kenya. Um, And uh, I was so moved by his story. I was like, we got to get him to our church. And so at our in-person services this weekend, we're going to have Owen and his family share with us. Um, a bit of his story. He, his family's going to be there, and he's going to share a bit of his story in our services. But thanks to the wonders of technology, we are able to bring you a video of Owen sharing his story. So check this out.
3: Growing up, you know, just like every other kid, I I had a dream, and for some weird reason, I I always wanted to become an accountant. I know uh, kids want to become lawyers and doctors and pilots. But for some weird reason, I always wanted to become an accountant and that didn't change. And uh, unfortunately I found out that that would never happen. Uh, not in the family that I was born in. I was born in a family of three boys and my mom who was, who was our own sole breadwinner. And uh, you know, she didn't go to school and so she wouldn't qualify for any formal employment. And uh, And as a result of that, she would bring in about five to $10 a month and I mean, 5 to $10 a month to be able to take care of three kids. That was, uh, that was difficult. And so I grew up in what you would call abject poverty. Cause I woke up in the morning and, you know, we didn't have a fridge that you would open and you would get a glass of milk or, uh, of food in there. I woke up in the morning and I had no idea where the next plate of food would come from. And, you know, sometimes it would go for, uh, it would go for days without having food to eat. And if you've ever been hungry, uh, when you're hungry for more than a day you you become desperate and you would do anything just to get food to eat and that's really what pushed me to going and knocking on people's doors and begging for food and unfortunately it wasn't a very good experience for me because a lot of times you know i had knocked on these people's doors so many times and you know they were tired like every time they opened the door oh this kid again asking for food ah you know it's a lot of times you know i knocked on their doors and they opened the door and they saw my face and and shut the door because they knew I had come for food, and a few times they let me in. They, they made the point to uh, put me down, humiliate me, just because my mom wouldn't provide us with food. And I mean that was hard. I just needed food, but and and you know we never had access to clean water. or Taps that we would turn on and you know we would get water out of. Uh, we we had to get water that was sourced from a slaughterhouse, and you can imagine all that waste going into the river. And That's the same water that we would. Uh, uh, drink out of and cook with and I mean, I think one of the worst things about growing up in poverty was that every time we got sick My mom told us that just hope you're gonna be fine because I do not have the money to take you to hospital And back in those days if you showed up in a hospital and you didn't have money They wouldn't take you in and uh, my mom shared with me this story that when I was about one year old I I came down with measles and the year that I was born there was a huge measles outbreak that that ended up taking lives of thousands of kids and You know that night she was holding me because she couldn't take me to hospital and just like always uh, hoping that I was going to be fine but but that night she told me she was scared because every minute that passed by I, I grew weaker and weaker and weaker and she didn't think I would make it through the end of the night but by the grace of God I did just like so many other times in my life and I mean poverty is bad I would never wish poverty on anybody. But the absolute worst thing about poverty is the hopelessness that comes from poverty. Is when people looked at me straight in the eyes and told me that I am worthless, and that I will never amount to anything. And you know, people like to ask this question. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I told them, I want to be an accountant. But it's what they told me that really uh, pretty much shattered the little hope that I had because they told me, don't waste your time dreaming, kid. Because none of your dreams will ever come true, man. And I wanted to fight that so bad, cause I, you know, uh, I was a stubborn kid, and I'm like, no way, I'm gonna become an accountant. But you know, every day that I went by, and I looked around me, it was all hopeless. And slowly but surely, I started to believe that maybe nothing good will ever come out of my life. Maybe poverty is part of our DNA in my family. Maybe I will never be able to break out out of the cycle of poverty. And I give in, I gave up. But it wasn't until I was about eight years old uh, when, compa- when my mom heard about compassion and that they were taking kids in. And one of the most beautiful things about compassion is, is there has to be a local church for there to be a compassion program, which really brought a different meaning to what church is uh, because church was a place that I went to and I felt safe. Church was a place that I went to and, and, it, and it felt at home. And, and you know and and so we ended up in this in in, in this church and uh, sure enough you know Compassion has to do an audit to make sure that that the kids actually do really need, need the help and so you know they do their home visits and make sure that that this kid that we're about to sponsor actually really does need the help and it didn't take very much convincing for me that we needed the help and, and so I was sponsored through Compassion and then you know and they so they printed my packet and it uh, and it was sent out in, a, in an event, at a Compassion event, and someone saw my name and decided to sponsor it through Compassion. And, and from that, I received my first letter. And I mean, one of those things, they, they don't talk about how much this, the letters means to the kids, but they, they, the letters do mean a lot for the kids. And I remember one of the first letters that I got, it had three words that no one had ever said to me before. It had the words, I love you. And the first time I had ever seen those words, heard those words was in a letter and I mean that was it blew my mind to think that someone who lived thousands of miles away from me thought of me as lovable that was huge and then and he went on to talk about Jesus uh, which is really what compassion is all about that you know at the heart of what compassion does is Jesus and I mean uh, ever since I stepped foot in that church these people would not shut up talking about Jesus and I'm not kidding you know I uh, before I joined compassion I had no idea who Jesus was until I joined compassion and you know when we went to the compassion pro- uh, uh, project we we sang all these happy songs we read all these scriptures we memorized all these verses I mean they talked about this God who seemed to have the solution to all my problems they talked about a God who knew me before I was even conceived in my mother's woman I mean it was they talked about a God whom nothing is impossible to and that was very different it was de- very different because I would I would hear all these good things in church until I would go back home to the same people who looked at me and, and thought nothing about me at all and, and, I mean, I lived in these two different worlds for, for a while until I kind of got tired of hearing about this Jesus. And so I thought, maybe if I go to the church and accept their Jesus, then maybe these people will tone it down talking about Jesus. And so I went to the church thinking, maybe I'm going to accept their Jesus and they'll kind of shut up talking about Jesus. Man, was I wrong. I did accept Christ as my Lord and Savior, but these people didn't shut up talking about Jesus. But this was the best decision I made as a kid. This was the best gift that compassion ever gave to me. Was the gift of Jesus Christ, because something special happened that day. That you know, uh, after I accepted Christ, I thought I don't have anything to lose. Why don't I try this Jesus that these people keep t- keep telling me about? Why don't I try for myself and see? if it is true. And so, you know, I, I dug into the word. I, I developed this relationship with this Jesus and and and, and I read scripture and, and, and all of a sudden something started to happen that, that I was blind but all of a sudden I could see and, and I started to know the truth and slowly but surely the truth started to set me free. But when Jesus came into my life, something happened. Something big happened. The reality of things is The poverty left my life the day Christ came into my life. Because the day I accepted Christ and the day I knew Christ is the day I was freed from poverty in Jesus' name. That if compassion had just given me Jesus and told me to go my way, I would have been just fine. Because something changed that day. And you know, compassion didn't stop there. All of a sudden, I was guaranteed a plate of food on the table, clean water. And that was a miracle. Every time I got sick, compassion took me to hospital. And they, they took me to school. I was the first person in my whole family to go past high school. And I graduated high school. And I, and I went on to college. And I, and I did my bachelor's degree. in guess what? Accounting. And then I, I got a scholarship to, to come to North Dakota State, and I I did my master's degree, and guess what, accounting, and and then I sat for my CPA license, and I'm a CPA in America, and I'm an accountant. You never see you never seen a, someone who's as excited as I am to be an accountant, but I'm an accountant. It's the one thing they told me I would never become is the one thing that I am today. Because someone stepped in the middle and changed my life forever. And you know that I'm I'm sitting here today in front of you, released from poverty in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, that's huge. And you know, about eight years ago, I got married to my wife, the love of my life, and that was awesome. But I also had something special happen. And you know, this guy who I mean, he was my superhero growing up and. For the longest time, I didn't understand what is it that he saw in me when he saw that packet and decided to sponsor me through compassion. But my sponsor, whose name is actually also Owen, which I re- uh, I soon found out that uh, you know he sponsored me because he found out that we shared the same name, and you know there's, there's not as many Owens out there. And uh, and on our biggest day, uh, my sponsor Owen was the best man in our wedding, and and I mean that. That's beautiful, his son was a ring bearer, which is like an icing to the cake. And you it kind of brings around the picture of what compassion is all about. Compassion is not about $38 a month. Compassion is about reaching out to these kids whom the world has written off. Reaching out to these kids whom the world thinks nothing about. And telling them they do matter. And telling them that, you know, you were born poor, that is not your portion, that you will not die poor. You know, for the longest time I used to think that I was born poor, I was gonna live poor, and I was gonna die poor. Nobody was was gonna know about it. But compassion came in and totally shattered that statement. I'm standing, yeah, and it's, so me and my wife, we sponsor three kids through compassion and it's, you know, it's uh, being on the other side of being a sponsored child. And now being a sponsor, and I can totally tell you that it's way more blessed to be a sponsor than to be a sponsor child. And, you know, compassion changed my life. Not only my life, eh, compassion changed the the life of my whole family. Because I've in turn been able to go back, you know, and take my family out of poverty in Jesus' name. And that's really what compassion is all about. It's about reaching out to this one child. But then the repo effect that comes from sponsoring that one child is huge. Because that one child goes back to their family. That one child goes back to their community. And is able to change their community in Jesus' name. That is huge.
1: Does child sponsorship make a difference? Absolutely. Absolutely. Here was this boy who had nothing to eat, no medical care, feeling worthless and unvalued. And a guy in the United States saw Owen's name on a compassion table, and he picked up that packet. And the trajectory of Owen's life completely changed. I mean, best man at his wedding. Are you kidding me? I mean, being able to pursue his dream of being an accountant and now seeing his own family impacted. I mean, think of the ripples, the ripples of impact that are occurring because of an ordinary guy here in the United States who picked up Owen's sponsorship packet, and a relationship began. I mean, Owen's life obviously was impacted in a profound way, no longer having to wander the streets, scavenging for food. When he really wanted to be in school, he began to receive food and clothing and education, medical care, which enabled him to get a college degree, enabled him him to come to know Christ. Now he's serving with compassion, impacting hundreds of other children. He's an accountant with compassion. And 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 is a part of an organization impacting millions of children. I mean, so that that's one significant ripple, right? Just Owen's life. But what about the impact on Owen's mom? Can you imagine being a parent and not being able to feed your children? I, I can't imagine that. And to have no access to medical care, thinking that your child might die and suddenly her child didn't have to go on the streets anymore to find food. He got the me- he got the medical help that he needed, knowing that, I mean, and, and she she knew that now she was not alone in raising Owen. There were other people in his life pouring into him. And how do you think his sponsor was impacted, and the sponsor's family being a part of Owen's life in such a powerful way? I mean, we're talking about something that will impact generations. The ripples that occur from a child being sponsored are huge, but the impact of those ripples can be even greater than that. And this gets back to the synergy I was talking about earlier, how together we can do way more than any of us as individuals can do. One of the things that got me so excited a year ago about this partnership with Compassion International was when I realized that we as a church could actually adopt a specific community and that Compassion International would help us identify children in that local community who are in need of food, education, health care, children who need a sponsor. So rather than our church, you know, having a Compassion Weekend and just people sponsoring children all over the world, we were able to adopt a 50-mile radius in an area in Peru, an area outside of Lima known as Colique. Now, the really cool thing is, we already have a relationship with a pastor in Colique through our International Training Institute, these trainings we have done. So here's a photo of, of Pastor Juan and Jessica, who lead one of the churches in that area that partners with Compassion. <clears throat> Compassion always works through the local church in that community, which is so Cool. This is how these sponsored children receive resources as well as learn about Jesus. It's because the local churches in that community, many of them are partnering with Compassion and helping identify the children and, and provide resources for them. So so a year ago, our church adopted this area of Colique. And we invited people in our church to sponsor children from that area. And that resulted in 255 children being sponsored in Colique, which is awesome. I mean, you guys are amazing. I wish we had time to just pass a microphone around or hear stories of how this sponsorship, you sponsoring a child, has impacted your lives and your family. I mean, this is how the love of God works. When we give of his love, that love multiplies in its impact and in its joy. Okay, so here we are on this one-year anniversary of our partnership with Compassion in Colique. And Compassion has helped us identify 111 more children in this area who are needing sponsors. So I want to invite you to consider being a sponsor of one of these children. Or maybe you would want to sponsor more than one child, perhaps adding to the child that you sponsored last year, if you sponsored a child last year, maybe adding to, to that. Or or if you've never sponsored a child, maybe sponsoring one or more children. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if there were over 350 children in Kolike who were in a relationship with people at Christ Community in our church. And we were helping love and bless all 350 of those children, bless them in practical and personal ways so that poverty is no longer destroying their lives. That would be amazing. Now, one of the other exciting things that we're exploring is the possibility of us as a church having a mission trip specifically to this area in Colique in 2023 next year, uh, to help in whatever ways we can, just on the ground, help the churches that are facilitating these children's needs being met and all that stuff. So friends, look, the ripple effect of this that began, this thing that began a year ago, that is only going to continue to multiply. Not only in that region of Colique, but also in our own church, in our own hearts as well, our own families, all of that, as we continue to be a church that is taking tangible steps to help alleviate poverty in the lives of real children. Okay, so let me just ask, would you prayerfully consider sponsoring a child in Colique, Peru, beginning a relationship with a real child in need, putting compassion into action. If you have kids at home, this could be an amazing discipleship opportunity for your children to engage in generosity as you together figure out how you can carve out $38 a month in order to change the life of a child. Are there monthly subscriptions for streaming or magazines or services that we could do without? Are there whatever, you know, all those things that that we build into our lives? Are there things we could do without? Are there creative or sacrificial ways we can alter our lives and free up $38 a month to forever impact the life of a child? The reality is many of the children who have been identified in this area have been waiting for a sponsor for a number of months. Maybe today God is calling you to be the one who removes one or more of these children from the waiting list. Compassion International has made the process of sponsoring a child incredibly simple. There are three ways you can do this today. So if you one is if you're at our in-person services this weekend, there will be tables in the lobby. And on those tables will be specific children in Colique who are needing a sponsor. So you can pick up a packet and you can fill out that information and begin that relationship. The second option is through a web link. That if you're watching online here on demand, you, you, it's through a web link that will take you to a specific section of the Compassion International website, and you can that that's specifically reserved for us. And you can choose an available child in Colique. So you can find the link on our app, or the the, the QR code provided. And then the third option is via text. You can simply text the number on the screen. And you can sponsor a child in Colique, that, and that child will be provided for you. Now, please know this is a little different with the texting. If you do choose to text the number and then you you decide not to sponsor that child, the child comes up and you decide not to sponsor, that child goes to the back of the line and they have to wait until all the other children have been sponsored and so before their name will come up again on our list. And we don't want that. None of us want that. So again, if you're using the texting option, just know that you will not be selecting boy or girl, this child or that child. You won't be selecting the child. The child will be selected for you. So however you do it, the bottom line is you will now be in a relationship with a specific child in poverty, and your monthly gifts will help provide resources that that child desperately needs. Friends, look, together we, together we can make a huge difference for Jesus in this area of Kolike. We can. Together we can make a huge difference. And by, by the way, Compassion International has an amazing app that you can use. If you download it, it it makes it incredibly easy to communicate with your child and and even send gifts to your child if you want to. Now, look, I realize that for some of us, we may not be in a place financially where we can sponsor a child, which is totally fine. There is no pressure to do this. No pressure to do this. We do actually have a a donor who's willing to pay for the first few years of sponsorship for someone who is unable to do that financially right now but who would love to love on a child. So if that's you, reach out to me and we can try to make that happen. For others of you, look, we realize you may be involved financially in other kingdom areas God's calling you to and you don't feel a leading to do this right now, which is also totally cool. I am just excited about the opportunity we have as a church to synergistically address the issue of poverty in such a way that we as a church, we as a church can make a significant difference in the lives of hundreds of children and families in Colique. So I am asking you as your pastor, look, I'm asking you, would you pray about this? Would you pray about whether or not God would want you to sponsor one of these precious children who matters so much to him? All right, let's pray. So God, we want to be a church that cares about the poor the way you do. Thanks for this opportunity to make a difference in the lives of real children and real families in Colique, Peru. God, thank you for the generosity of this church and for the 255 children whose lives are already being impacted by you through these sponsorships. We pray for those children. We pray for those families, your continued blessing and provision upon them. And Father, we right now, we are praying for the 111 children in Coleque who are needing sponsors right now. They need sponsors, and we pray that you would meet their needs. We pray for their parents who are struggling to make ends meet. We pray that you would lay it on the heart, on our hearts, if you, each one of our hearts, if you would want us to be a part of helping these children get out of poverty. So if so, Lord, would you connect us with the child that you have chosen for us to be in relationship with? And for those who are making this choice, help us find creative ways to free up $38 a month to to see this happen. And God, in any kind of situation like this, I want to also pray for those who are struggling financially right now, and they would want to help, but they're not able to, and and they're maybe feeling guilt about that. Lord, we just pray no guilt about that at all. I pray you would pour out your love and your grace upon them in their situation, You would provide for their needs in this season so that one day they could um, be involved in in these ways that their hearts want to be involved. So Father, we ask you, we pray that you would help our church continue to grow in this heart of compassion, Um, whatever opportunities are before us, God, grow that heartbeat in us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if God is laying this on your heart, let's put that into action by signing up to sponsor a child. And if you already have a child that you're sponsoring, man, I would encourage you to consider taking some time today to write a letter to them. Maybe it's been a while since you've communicated. Take some time today and write a letter to them. All right, let me just dismiss you or at least uh, close this part of our, our time with a blessing. So now may the God of compassion... Fill your hearts with his heart so that you may overflow with his love into the lives of others in need. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: All right, so it's our time to talk about the things that are inspired by the sermon. And I, I put in like the, the inspired by the sermon Um, So the goal goal isn't to talk about the sermon itself, but the things that inspires the concepts, the thoughts, and things that come up from that. So I'm just setting that table just a bit. So is there something inspired by the sermon?
4: Anytime someone lays out a statistic like you said of like the three billion people living on $3 a day. Uh, was it a day? I think it was yeah, a day. Uh, like, it it always gives me a bit of a reality check of, I mean, like, every country and every context has its own challenges. Not to paint the picture that, like, we've got it so easy and everyone in the United States has it so easy. There's a lot of challenges here. But as far as the amount of wealth, um, it. F- it usually, like growing up here, it can feel like this is the norm and there's all these people who haven't reached it yet. But it felt like as you were talking, it was just like the shift of like, no, that's the norm and we're the outliers. That carries a weight to it. It's like, what do we do with that, being outliers? Again, not to diminish the challenges that we have. Like, It's not like, oh, you've got nothing going on. The least you can do is this. But just like thinking through, it's like, that weight of like the amount of people with less and the small amount of people with more, what do we do with that?
1: Yeah. Especially, I mean, I think there's a knee jerk. We have all these things in our mind. We go to, you know, the, not rationalization, but you know what I mean? There's a little bit of a defensiveness I think we feel about it. Sure. But when you look at scripture, um, if you have what's James say, if you have, these goods and someone comes to your church service and needs needed help and you say, I'll pray for you. You know, he kind of blasts us for that, you know? Yeah. Um, now granted, it's a little different scenario. They're not coming to our church, but they are brothers and sisters. They're people that we are aware of. And in a global kind of economy, it they kind of are a part they, in a sense of our being aware of them and yeah. being able to help. So I think that, those passages apply in uncomfortable ways.
4: Yeah, yeah. And and I think we all know it's not effective to try to stir up guilt right. in ourselves, but it's more of like there's an opportunity here. Yep. If there was a love behind it and we have the means to do something with that love, a lot of really incredible things can happen.
1: Yeah, you're right. Somehow living in that... Tension of letting that statistic feel the weight of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, it's like even a dollar bill anymore in America is like what a penny used to be. It seems to me, in some respects, now it's like it gotta be gotta be a five to even have. Mm -hmm. And and so we think in those terms, it's nothing to spend six dollars on a coffee. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just it's nothing for us. And so I, I think it's hard even to get our brains around. Yeah. $3 Three dollars a day, yeah, people living on that,
4: yeah, it's just hard
1: to even get our brains around it, I think
4: I think I read not that long ago like a full doctor like a medical doctor in Pakistan makes as much as a teenager working at McDonald's here, wow, like it it's just like you said, it's hard to wrap our brains around that, yeah, it is yeah i, I
0: i I enjoy b- being poetic and like thinking of big pictures and perspectives and like, well, oh, yeah, and there's this and there's this. and and then like there are those times um, that it feels very uh, very interesting to just be cut and dry because of how poetic like I, I think there are those times biblically that is kind of like there isn't poetry here it's mm-hmm. just cut and dry and and I was taking a shower and I was like I, I, so I was thinking about the conversation today and, and I came to a point that I was like can I be a Christ follower and here something similar to there are all these people that are hurting and hungry, and I, I don't help. And I just came to the spot of like, I don't think I can.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, there's like this cut and dry, here's the thing the body of Christ
1: does. Yep. And it's harsh. Yeah, I don't know how to get around that either because it, it's scripture is so forceful in the way it mm-hmm. talks about it. And it's we always get, oh, but is this, this salvation? We always go to the salvation question. And it just I think that misses so much of the New right. Testament. It, it's, you know, for instance, um, the sheep and the goats, you right. know, that whole story, it's well, is that salvation by works? It's just we're 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 always projecting. It seems like we do this a lot. Right. We project this, are you in or out, the salvation? onto every text, and I right. think we miss sort of this heartbeat, and it's to everywhere.
0: follow Christ. Right. Am I a Christ follower exactly. if I do the opposite of the thing he's doing?
1: Right. And yeah. so then you look at, I was just thinking, you look at look at Zacchaeus' story. You know, I mentioned that. We often forget that, but Zacchaeus says, I'm going to give half my possessions to the poor. He specifically says that, mm-hmm. and I'm going to repay these debts. And Jesus says, today's salvation has come to this house. Right. It's like... Um, or, or I was thinking as you were talking about Luke 16, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus and we always hear that story and we focus on Hades and the chasm and hell, you know all these things. it was he was poor yep. and la- and the rich man would walk by Lazarus every day and he's mm-hmm. got doesn't he have sores on his body that dogs are licking And th- that whole story at some level is about, Someone who didn't respond to this obvious poverty that he walked past every day. Yep.
4: Yeah. What's always stuck out to me in the the sheep and the goat story is where Jesus says, "It's like whatever you do for them, you do it for me." Me. Yeah. And I get past that like gut check of like, ooh, but then it's like, does that mean that I get to encounter Jesus mm. in them? Yes. Oh. Like, and that's a. Gift. gift. That's the right. gift. Yeah, right. Because like God mm. needs nothing. There's nothing we can do for Him. It's like, like even the phrase is like, "Let's bless the Lord." I've always like, well, how? What? <laughs> like, what? What can we do? <laughs> then you'd be like, "Oh, I really needed that today." But in that, in what Jesus said, we have the opportunity to do something for oh, Jesus. For Him. Because He's like, whatever you do for them, you're doing it for Me. Mm. And so it's just like. I'm missing an opportunity to do something back for the one who's done so much for me. Mm. Wow. man! I really love the stories that you shared because um, it, it steps into something. It's like, like you mentioned how, like when there's this really big problem, it gets overwhelming and we tend to disengage. But I love the stories that you shared because I think there's something powerful in remembering when there's a group of people experiencing something, it's a group of people. And like these are persons and individuals. And when we start thinking about the individual experiences of a child, like growing up, and we put ourselves in those positions, that's when that guilt starts to fade away and it's just this uncontrollable I have to do something because this is a person. Instead of like, oh my gosh, what am I ever going to do about that? But it's like, well, there's one kid I could send to school.
1: And I think that that's the the piece with Compassion International that so resonates with me is the relational dynamic of that compassion. Because even there was a guy uh, the other day; it was freezing cold out. He's got the cardboard sign, you know, near Taco Bell. I'm like, Raylene, give him this. You know what I mean? Dude, I'm sorry. You know, I roll the window down. It's freezing. I drive on. I know nothing about his story. I don't know anything. And and that, I mean, that's, and I'm not saying yes or no on that because they're also that's a, raises a bunch of other issues. My point is that I have no relationship with him mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. unless I stop and then begin to build a relationship. And what I love about the approach that compassion has taken is every one of those 2 million children that compassion is helping that they are in a relationship with a local church uh, in their community and they are in a relationship with a real person a sponsor that can write letters and you know send pictures i don't know there's just something so powerful about that model it's probably not the most efficient model the most efficient would be just raise a bunch of money and send it out but the power of this it goes way beyond mm. just the resources that they're receiving. It's the relational impact that I have with Maria and I have with Jose and Raylene and I do. And you know, those things, man, that's uh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. And it just it makes compassion kind of not throwing money at a problem. Right, right. It just makes it more um, transformative and meaningful because it's in the context of relationship. So I think that's something that Compassion International does really well in their approach.
0: Yeah, and I think something uh, I I didn't have a plan of talking about this, but, but it is something I've, I've been thinking about has been, you know, um, growing up during a time that Compassion just began. began. Um, so all those f- f- photos that I saw as a kid um, going to ch- church and going to concerts and mm. things like that and compassion would be everywhere and they'd be showing all these f- photos and the thing that's cool, uh, but people don't ever think, but those kids grew up yeah. and they're the age that I am mm. and they're doing... And, 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 So I've seen a bunch of these. I've talked to them. I like, and it's like they are doing things. And there's something so cool about that. It isn't just a picture on a page here of a child who's hungry, but it's like this whole story of a human being Mm. who is going to have a. Family who's going to have a job, who's going to have a church, who's going to evangelize. I mean, like just the trajectory of that, and it's happening is is brilliant. It is just
1: brilliant. That's so good Mm. because we don't. Yeah, we don't even necessarily think about the the long term impact of this relationship from six years old to. 16 years old or whatever, the power of that yep. over time, that's, that's so cool. It's pretty cool.
4: I was yeah. thinking about that, but in terms of what our church is doing and like adopting a whole like neighborhood, yep. what is the long-term impact if all of the children in that neighborhood get to do things that the previous generations never had before? That's amazing. It's like if a whole neighborhood <laughs> grows up being supported in ways. How is that neighborhood going to change? That's something I'm very curious about. Oh, wow, oh, man, that's powerful. I'm super inspired now. <laughs> I, guess I was like, oh man. <laughs> well, that's like that's what, a really good question. Was it yeah. last year that we that we pitched this the first time? Of yeah. Like Khalifa, it's like that was the thing that like intrigued me. It's like I've never heard of like adopting a neighborhood before. This is incredible, but it still matches all the things that you said. Of like, yep. it's these. Individual relationships, but it's part of this collective whole that could do something for a community at the same time, too.
1: Yeah, by investing
4: in each of those children, we're investing in that community Uh huh. because we're focusing on one area. Yeah. That's powerful. So if we ever do get to do that missions trip out there um, in coming years, it'd be curious to see if some of those things have started mm-hmm. happening, whatever they might be.
1: That would be awesome. That's our hope. I mean, we... We need to gather some information. Um, I think we're going to do a little vision trip, have a few go down and um, with compassion and have them kind of show us what's going on. And so, but that's the heart is that next year we'd be able to actually send a team down there. And then who knows, maybe one of the churches that is like a care center has a, need for a wing to be built on it or a new roof or you know so there could be those kinds of things or reaching out to families to find kids that maybe need sponsorship who knows the but it would be really cool to be there have a group of people from Christ community yeah there in person and just serving that community that'd be really cool or the city can
0: just do a big big, big do list
4: there we go for us
0: to show up and just get things done yep that's how I think anyway like that'd be super fun
4: mm-hmm. absolutely I don't know
0: okay so I think the point that it's kind of brought us though is this point of of being inspired it's thinking uh, just this kingdom perspective it's thinking about hopes for the for, for people to come that aren't, that aren't even born yet mm-hmm. yeah. and but it began very simply just talking about following jesus yep. and he takes us to yep. a place that it seems kind of like there's potential in everything uh-huh and the kingdom is at hand and so i'm going to end it here because that's Brilliant. a fun place to end yep. Yep. goodbye awesome. everyone thank you for showing <laughs> up